Welcome back to another brand new episode of Learning As I Go. And today I'm joined not only by a live audience, but by a good friend of mine, Catherine Tilsley. One of the most talented human beings I know, starring in multiple dramas, a long career in Coronation Street, balancing all of that with her own health and wellness journey, but also with being a mother of two as well. She's just had another beautiful daughter and today we catch up on her whole journey. So please get ready to learn as we go. When I started this, I didn't really sort of envision it sort of getting the momentum that I did and the feedback. And literally for me, for anyone who knows me, I'm very much on this journey of self-development and I'm addicted to just working on myself. And one thing I always do is surround myself with like positive people who like sort of, I learn so much from. I've got a coach for everything. I've got a nutri coach. I've got a business coach. I've got a boxing coach. Like literally, I just want to surround myself with people who inspire me. And that's what this podcast is all about. And it's not necessarily just the coaches and stuff. It's people in my life who I've been inspired by or have helped me on my journey as well. Um, and that leads me on to CAF. So CAF's always been such a, a massive supporter of me in everything I do. And I'll, I'll tell you a little story actually, right? So I've worked with many celebrities and influencers over the years. And CAF is the only one who once upon a time sent us as a PR agency and, and um, a thank you gift just to say thank you for the work that, we, that uh, we've been sending her away. And that was just... Just a testament to how special you are. So a big warm welcome to Kat Yeah. So, um, Kath, you've just become a mother again. Yes. Is that the right way to say it? A mother again? Um, to the beautiful baby Iris. Yeah. So talk me through it. Where are you up to in life and what's going on? Because I know you've got so many different plates that you spend as well with production and appearances. And Yeah. Um, well, I think the saying of one's a pet, two is a zoo is... Um, <laughs> Is pretty accurate, um, but she's been amazing. You know, we, we had a huge age gap between Alfie and Iris this seven years because Alfie didn't sleep for three years. Wow. So that was dead nice. Um, and so every time I said to Tom, I really want another one, he'd be like, no chance. But then, of course, I am in charge. So, <laughs> so I eventually got what I wanted and she's been a dream. She's super chilled, but it is, you know, it has its daily challenges. And as you know, I'm a huge fan of training, you know, f- f- more so mentally, than anything I think you know the endorphins that it gives you and the positivity that it brings to my life I wasn't able to train much at all when I was pregnant because I was really quite poorly with her and I had severe insomnia so I was getting two hours sleep a night so my training really took a backseat and that had quite an effect mentally as you can imagine but I'm back (laughs) (laughs) Um, literally as soon as she was born I said to Tom the day after I was like I'm back I feel like me again and um, I suppose, I mean, hormones are responsible mm, for for, yeah. for a lot. Everyone's nodding, <laughs> they're horrendous. Um, but she has just been a ray of sunshine from the moment she arrived and um, now it's just trying to find that balance. So what was different this time? Because I remember, so I was trying to put Kath onto some lives like throughout the pregnancy and this, this is not like Kath. She was like, right, I'm going to do this date and she ringed me up and she went, I can't do this date and then finally you just went, you know what, Scott, I'm really sorry but I can't commit to anything at the minute because I might fall asleep in an hour. Yeah. So, so what was different this time with this pregnancy? 
It was, you know, with Alfie, I was weight training till I was eight months pregnant. I felt wow. great, a little bit tired sometimes. But um, with Iris, it turned out I had a sensitivity to progesterone, right. uh, which is a little bit of a stimulant as well. And so it was just keeping me awake all night. And as you know, if, you, mm. if you're not sleeping, you are not functioning. Mm. Sleep is, is so key for, for keeping well mentally and physically. And um, I just couldn't function. So, you know, I love working with you. And I kept going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then getting to the day and going, oh, my days, I can't function. Um, and of course, you can't drink coffee when you're pregnant. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel so much better now. So let, let's talk about this. So you talk about wellness being a massive part of your life now. Yeah. But obviously I knew you many years ago. I think, were you, I was trying to correct this in my mind. Were you singing at Russell at one point? Yes, I was. And um, I kind of knew Ryan That's it. because of my connections to Corey before I was even in it. And even then, the Thomas brothers were so lovely to me. I was singing at Rosso and after I'd finished my set, they were like, we'll pay for you to get a cab home. Make sure you get home. You know, text me when you get, they were so, and ever since then, you've just been. Are, are you sure we weren't trying to grab the mic off you and sing Stand By Me? <laughs> A little bit, a little bit. No, you're a gentleman though. And um, ever since then, I've just thought you guys were a ray of positivity. And I, oh, I love amazing. being around you all. I just think you light people up oh, in the best way. So I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I do think there's been a kind of a transformation in you since then to now, um, both like physically and mentally. Mm. So like, what was it like, what's changed since then at the start of your career and to like sort of now being sort of a big advocate of wellness? Like where were you at beforehand? I think education, you know, taking the time to educate yourself on what is best for you and your your body and your mind and and nourishing yourself in the best way possible. But also, you know, like I've said to you before, deprivation is not an option. And mm. I know that's the same ethos that you guys have mm. at Food for Thoughts. And I did used to deprive myself. I'd spend way too long at the gym. And I think over time it made me realize that actually I don't have to spend three hours in the gym mm -hmm. to get the results that I want. I can eat the foods that I love and still get the results that I want. It's just about educating yourself in the right way. So what was um, the catalyst for change? Because I read about um, a story when you went for an audition for, yes. for Greece um, and you got some feedback from the audition. And what was that? I went for the role of Rizzo. You all know Greece, don't you? And um, I knew the role back to front, knew I could do it. And um, the director looked at me and he, he laughed and he said, you will never be a leading lady. You will always be the fat, funny one. Wow. And I was like, I can do funny at any size and I can be a leading lady at any size. But it was a kick up the bum. And I realized that, yes, I was a bigger lady, but I was desperately unhealthy. Mm. I couldn't walk up the stairs without getting out of breath. Mentally, I wasn't in a great place. And so actually, he did me a favor because it made me stand back and take a look at myself. And, and that's when I decided it was about getting stronger and getting healthier. And, you know, obviously as a byproduct, I did lose weight, mm. which, which, was, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, was, that was the big change for me. Yeah, and I feel like I saw um, a live that you did uh, around Christmas time and you were just on there going, guys, it's Christmas. I'm trying to do an impression of you. But it's not very good. <laughs> but you're so animated. You're like, guys, if you want to have that pot, uh, pot pie, mince pie, yeah. or you want to have that Christmas pudding, just go for it. Nothing's going to change. It's going to be okay. So it sounds like you really learn how to sort of manage your own relationship to food and also like your weight as well. Because I feel like sometimes when you get to a certain goal, 
you get there and I've done it before and I've restricted myself or punished myself and then lost it all. Yeah. So what what's different now? How do you like maintain what you do? Is it because you understand it now? Like you said, knowledge. Yeah, I understand it. And it is about kind of standing back from yourself and being sensible. So if you've had a little bit of a binge and you've, you've probably taken it too far with the second portion of cake, then just be a bit more sensible the next day. Because you mentioned that you were greedy as well. You said oh. you were just really greedy. <laughs> I, w- I love food. I am a huge foodie and I, I was, there was a bit of a greedy bum bums. Um, <laughs> you know, I always went back for another portion or, and, and I am an emotional eater. I hold my hands up. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Aren't we all at some point? I was thinking, yeah. am I? I pretty much am. If I'm in a bad day, I'm just like a bit stressed. I'm like, no, I'm having that totally, cookie Totally, yeah. totally. And um, it was just about being more aware of that. So now if I'm stressed, I'll take myself for a walk nice. instead of reaching for the cake or, you know, whatever it may be. I'll do something that occupies me physically mm. and that's really helped. But again, I don't deprive myself. You know, I'll say on a Saturday night, I'll have a takeout or whatever it is that I fancy. It's fine. Just, you know, don't have a takeout every night of the week. That's it. Like literally, I used to be scared of bread, chocolate, yeah. everything. Now it's like, I just understand if I overindulge one day, I've just got to strip it back a little bit the other day. Yeah. Um, and the beauty of it, like when I got to my, like sort of where I was lean, now it's like, I, I almost can literally eat what I want because I'm moving mm-hmm. so much all the mm-hmm. time. And it's an amazing place to be. I don't ever stress about it anymore. Um, and it gives you that freedom. It really does. Yeah. And like I said, it comes through knowledge and understanding. So do you reckon sort of having this newfound confidence helped you? Because obviously you left um, the biggest soap on TV. I can't, what year was it? Oh, <laughs> it's four years ago, I think. Is I it think four years? I think it's wow, four Wow, it feels years. like longer because you've done so much since. Yeah. And let me remind you guys, but a lot of people leave soaps and they don't work that often and they don't get many opportunities. But Kath, you have literally, for me, done some of the dream jobs. I know, for example, if Adam was sat here now because he'd love to do the dramas. It took Adam a long time to get back onto Waterloo Road because it's hard to break away from a soap when you, how long were you there for? Uh, seven years. Seven years. So like in the acting world, you become a little bit typecast. Mm-hmm. So, but for you, you've literally just been doing some incredible stuff. Oh, thank um, you. But did it take a lot of like guts and courage to leave a big soap like that and security? I've always been a bit of a risk taker because I just think we're on this planet for all of five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I do not want to have regrets. You know, in 20, 30 years time, I don't want to look back and say, what if? Don't get me wrong. I loved my time at Corrie. I was happy there. Mm-hmm. But as an actress, the main appeal for me of being an actress is having a varied career. And I love to be versatile. The further away I am from me, the more I enjoy a job. Mm. You know, if you said to me, you know, your physicality's got to change completely and you're going to be, I don't know, Glaswegian, I'm, I'm there. I'm we'll, all we'll have to it. talk about Olga in a minute. I don't know if you guys have oh, seen no. Kath's uh, alter ego, <laughs> Olga. But is that a reflection of that? Like you just like to just... Yeah, I... I kind of you know I, I love the the straight acting as as it were and and the dramas but I also love being a, a character actress and and I love comedy my, my roots are in comedy and theatre so I'm a bit greedy I do love every aspect you, of our you, business you are a proper actress right because a lot of people believe it or not some people go into Korea and it's the first ever audition and they've never done anything before do you know what I mean and and, and to get a big opportunity whereas with you you actually study your craft and you're like you're really passionate about what you do Thank you. And is that why you want to keep sort of trying different things? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I think training is is 
key as an actor and I never stopped learning I've still got an acting coach now and I'm constantly throwing scripts at him and 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 looking at new ways of working and I love the psychology of it my favorite part of being an actress is the rehearsal period and the research phase because that's when you you know you're delving into someone else's mind and physicality and that for me is you know the, the most interesting bit uh, although I think for Alfie because Alfie's at theatre school now and he's playing a flying monkey in the Wizard of Oz <laughs> and I think I'm grating on him slightly because I'm like okay Alfie we're going to go to the zoo we're going to see the physicality of the monkeys <laughs> and he's like mum can I just put a furry top on and have done with it <laughs> Wow, so you actually go to those lengths, right? I, I love it. One of my favourite jobs um, was a period drama years ago and I was playing a chocolatier. <laughs> so the research phase for that <laughs> was dreamy. I did put a few pounds on. Um, yeah, so I trained how to be a chocolatier and what it would have been like way back then in you know in in the era of of the world war which was just fascinating I love history and you know when you step on a set the way the art department transform a set particularly if you're doing period drama is mind-blowing it's like going in a time machine and I love that love all that amazing so I think a massive thing for me, um, and obviously for you, is coming out of your comfort zone and trying new things. I mean, the other week I put this on my Instagram, I was like, I felt just a little bit like low, like a plateau. And I was like, mm. I didn't feel like depressed, but I was like, I just feel a little bit light. And I realized it's because I'm not really pushing myself out of my comfort zone enough. And I feel like as human beings, we all need to do that yeah. all the time. Um, but obviously sometimes that can come with failures. Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering, like, just out of interest, is there anything that you've tried before and you failed from? And then oh, one of your toughest moments in life, like, what would you say that would be? But it's not gone your way, but you've actually realised it was a blessing in disguise, maybe. Do you know what? I I do, I'll be open, I, I have a fear of failure mm. at anything. And I was raised a Catholic and Catholic guilt <laughs> is quite intense, as is mum guilt. I don't know if we've got any mums in here, but you just feel guilty over everything. And... So every aspect of my life, I'm like, I've got to be a great mum. I've got to be a great wife. I've got to be a great actress. And I can put too much pressure on myself. Mm. But actually, like you've just said, sometimes the universe has this way of working and things work out. You know, when I left Strictly, for example, we went out on week six, I think it was. One of my ribs had come out at the back. But I was taught at drama school, you never complain, you never apologise, you never tell anyone you're injured. So I'm stood there. And Shirley Ballas was like, you were a little bit wooden tonight. And in my head, I'm thinking, that's because my ribs hang out. <laughs> and, um, but I didn't say anything. And then when we, oh, we got voted out that night and me and Jojo were like, we should have told them because they might have taken it into consideration. But then actually, a week later, I was on a beach in Dubai with my family. <laughs> um, so I was like, this has worked out okay. And I had the best time with my family. And, and it made me realise that actually sometimes you do have to take a step back and be more human and say, actually, I'm struggling tonight. Honestly, like this goes back to, I think I was brought up in this generation of hustle culture. Like like to be successful, you you, you can't sleep. You've got to work every hour of every day. And it's really hard for me when I'm sat with my my therapist and he's going, you need to have some balance. I'm like, all right, Gareth, I'll give you a a situation here. I've literally worked all day today. Um, It's going to be seven o'clock by the time I come out of it. And I'm not finished all the work that I need to do yet. I said, and I know if I want to be 1% of the world, like that's successful. Like I know I need to put those extra hours in. And he said to me, but why do you want to be the 1% of the world? Why do you need all, those, all that money? Why do you need to have all that sex success? And if I'm honest, I didn't know the answer. Mm. But I'm really torn at the minute between 
if I want to achieve great things, especially with Food for Thoughts and build this into a global movement, everything else, like, do I have to make sacrifices? I don't actually know the answer and I'm going to put it out to the audience at, at some point. Um, but yeah, like, how do you find that balance between being a mum mm. and then chasing these amazing roles that you're doing and everything else? There, there are sacrifices and you have to get your head around that. I mm. turned down an acting job at Christmas which, you know, it killed me to do it, but I wasn't physically well enough to do it. Mm. You know, my agent was like, you've probably got 7 a.m. call times. And at, at that point in my pregnancy, I couldn't f- even function before 11 o'clock. Wow. Um, and there's a job that came in recently that I was like, it's too far away and Iris is still so tiny. And you, and you just have to weigh things up. But I think everything for a reason, hopefully I, I take the right jobs. And, you know, I, like you've just said, I like to be challenged. I'm chomping at the bit to do some theatre because it's been a while and I want to challenge myself. So um, there isn't, when people say they're striving for balance between motherhood and a career, there isn't a balance. I think you have to accept that sometimes you're with your babies and sometimes you're not. Um, I'm very, very lucky. I am aware how lucky I am to have such a great support network. And my husband is incredible. He's so chilled. He's like, where you go, we go. Life's an adventure. Let's do it. He's here somewhere, isn't he? He is. Isn't it lovely that he's he's in the room for? Um, But yeah, he's really chilled. And, you know, we're really lucky that we've still got both sets of grandparents. And so we've got a lot of help. Mm. But we do have to make constant decisions, you know, Mm. on... And what we can and can't do. you agree do. that, like, and I put this out on my story as well yesterday about, um, I've always been driven by the need to prove that I'm enough or prove people wrong, especially in my partying days. Like when I made that transition from being a big party boy, the Scotty special that probably even you knew at one point yeah. in a visa and everything else, to then try and become a credible businessman. I was literally so adamant that I had to prove everyone wrong. And there was a moment in my career where I got escorted out of one of my biggest clients um, events and I lost respect to my business partner, my, my team, my colleagues, everyone. And I nearly lost everything. I was like, right, I'm going to go sober. And I went on this journey that year and it led me to Food Force. But I realized that most days I was posting um, me working out every day, eating well. I did that even before then as well, but I was always trying to prove to people that I wasn't just a party boy. Mm. I wasn't, like, I had more about me. And it's got to a point now where I don't need to do that anymore, mm. but I'm still like clinging on to that drive to try and prove other people wrong. And what I'm trying to find is drive through passion and love for what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find the same reviews? Like with being an actress, like for example, I, I can relate with Adam. Like Adam says from day one, he's, he can do everything he wants, but he has to be an actor. And do you find the same as well? Like it just comes from passion. Yeah, massively. I Being an actor, it's something that's been in me from being a, a small child. And I think it is a vocation. And that is what puts fire in my belly. And of course, I love doing other things. You know, I do a little bit of presenting and hosting and all the rest of it. And I love that. But my biggest passion is acting. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, when you leave a soap as well, sometimes there is that, you know, I don't want to say snobbiness. Snobbiness? Is that a word? Um, within the industry. And so you kind of do have a point to prove mm. to to an extent yeah. And I, a bit of me quite likes that because yeah. I'm challenging myself and I'm, I'm saying to people, look, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do whatever you throw at me. Um, and I do function relatively well under pressure. I quite like a little bit of pressure. I am a bit of a control freak, <laughs> if I'm honest. I'm not selling myself. I mean, if this was a dating profile, you'd be avoiding it. <laughs> 
You know, it's interesting to say that because when I told my business coach this, he went, no, keep that. I like it. You yeah. just keep that drive because it gives you that edge. I was like, I want to prove to everyone that I'm going to be the most successful ever Love Islander. Do you know what I mean? Because even yeah. like, I never used to, I was always told not to mention Love Island, like by management and everything else, because a lot of time you go on that show and it's a great show, but like, and even I sometimes advise that like, the quicker you can distance yourself from him so you don't become just that person and just known for that. But it's tough now because literally everywhere I go, I'm still Scott from Love Island. And you know what? I'm starting to embrace it as yeah. part of my journey. And I think it's really important because everything that we've done leads us to where we are now. See, I don't... I'm sure there are people that still see you as, as Scott from Love Island because Love Island is massive. Mm. I see you as Scott the Entrepreneur. I think okay. you've absolutely killed it. Maybe. I think you're like... A fitter version of Lord Sugar Babes. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking. Did you have a camera? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I love that. So what so what's next for you now then? Like in terms of like how do you find time for calf, right? So you like we talked about roles and, and like sort of playing up to a role. Like you're a mum now, right? And it's a massive part of your message and what you're talking about. But how do you take time now for you, Kath? Like, what do you do for you? I saw the other day that you posted a lot of the books you've been doing, a lot of reading, a lot of drawing mm -hmm. your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But what do you do for you? Like, for me, it's like going out, walking with a dog. Like, literally watching my dog run around in water. And that's my happy little place yeah. there. And that's just for me. What's for you? Like, what do you do? I'm the same. Walking yeah. is a big thing for me. And we love walking as a family. And, you know, oh, you're all right, babe. <laughs> um, you know, taking a little picnic out with us and we'll, we'll walk for yeah. hours. And... And that is my meditation to an extent, mm. as is working out. And and at the moment, um, I mean, I've got a production company now as well. So we're producing as wow. well, which so, you know, I'm still trying to find the balance that doesn't quite exist sort of thing. But I do think it's so important. I said to Tom the other day, I was like, we need a date night. We need to go and see the new Top Gun or something like just where fun, it's, I can't wait. I'm chomping at the bit. Um <laughs> just where it's us for you know a few hours and we're Kath and Tom as opposed to mum and dad and we did that with Alfie I think it's so important because I've seen my friends do it who had children before us and they didn't take the time to have date nights and they were constantly at loggerheads they were constantly exhausted and and I think as a mum you know I went and got my nails done the other day and I was like oh I should get back and I had the guilt thing going on and I, I had to again take myself away from myself and go Kath it's an hour <laughs> and you're going to feel much better and more calm that you've taken an hour out and, you know, just done something nice for yourself. And I think it's really important and for mums and dads to, to not feel guilty about taking mm. an hour here, an hour there or a weekend away or whatever it is you're lucky enough to do. Yeah, it's interesting you say that about guilt because obviously I'm not in the same situation, but I feel guilty because I feel like I need to make every minute of every day productive. Even when I'm watching TV, I watch it, I have to watch a documentary mm. or apart from Love Island this time around, which is actually really good. <laughs> like, actually really good. Um, but yeah, I feel guilty for taking that time out. And I think it's really important. Like we just say, like you do things at your own pace and you look after you more than anyone else. Mm. And it's starting to sound a little bit cheesy. You go like, put yourself first, but it really is important because like, even I was on a walk yesterday and I, I wanted to call one of my pals and, not spoken for a little while, but I was like, wait a second, Scott, this walks for you first. Yeah. And then you can go and make sure that they're okay as well. Um, We're so, yeah. so similar. Yeah. So similar. Like everything you've just said, I completely relate to. Mm. And sometimes when I'm going on a walk, because I record my lines, that's how I learn my lines in the best way for me. 
and I'll, I'll be, I've played them for an hour and then I'm like, right, you just need to turn it off, put some 90s dance music on because that's like my guilty pleasure and, um, and just have that me time because I totally get what you're saying, like that constant need for feeling like you're doing something yeah. productive. And I love being productive, but for your mental health, you've, you've got to take that time. Oh, that's something I want to ask you as well. Like, so obviously in this industry that we, that we um, sort of all live in, in terms of, especially me and you in this industry of actors, celebrities, talent influencers, it can be kind of really sort of uh, a little bit toxic at times, a little mm. bit competitive. But for me, you've always, you've always stayed so grounded and, especially social media, how do you manage that? Like looking at other people and what they're doing and you look like, I don't know, maybe comparing yourself to other soap stars who have left and stuff like that. Like, I don't mm. know, Michelle Keegan's and whatever else. How do you sort of remember to protect your own mental health and, and stay focused on that and not compare yourself? I think it, it is difficult. I mean, Michelle Keegan. <laughs> who doesn't fancy Michelle Keegan? Um, and, and I, you know, I look at new mums now, Vogue Williams. Oh my God word does anybody follow her she looks incredible um and I don't look anything like that I'm like jiggling at Jiggleson and we have babies <laughs> at the same time and and I think it's too easy to compare yourself and what we have to remember as well you know my husband used to be a PT back in the day and he has to constantly remind me genetics are a huge part oh my god thank god for that because when anyone asks me about my legs I say listen I train <laughs> I train my legs every week right <laughs> And I've got mates who have never trained a day in their life. They've got calves like that. I'm yeah. like, Dad, wherever you are, you've done me over. But yeah. Tom says the same. I mean, I've got legs like a prop forward. <laughs> Tom's fuming. Um, but you know what? I, do, I, I just have to say to myself, I'm eating really well. I'm fueling my body for the energy that it needs. I'm training as much as I can within a sensible limit. Mm. And this is as good as it gets at the moment. And I'm happy and I've got a healthy family. And, and I think that's what you have to say to yourself. It's too easy to look at other people and go, oh my word, she's got a six pack. She's got this. I've never had a six pack. I'll never have one. I've, I've not got a thigh gap, but at least, <laughs> <laughs> at least I know my kids won't fall through when they start <laughs> <on> me. <laughs> but that's the thing, is it? It's like just being... And again, it gets thrown around a lot, but just being grateful and gratitude. And I actually do write that. Like even today, right? I actually like, had to check myself like before coming in. This is like of what dreams are made of for me. And I was getting, feeling myself getting overwhelmed and a little bit stressed. And I had to write down, like, this is amazing. Whatever happens today, you embrace every yeah. moment. And we are all blessed if we're healthy and we're well. I know everyone's got a different situation and everything else, but it's so important just to check yourself. Mm -hmm. And like, I did something recently, which I actually followed our Ryan, like, you unfollowed everyone on social media for it because I was followed 4,000 people, you know, from like my partying days and everything else. And I was waking up every day and I was watching this random influencer in Dubai who I've not even spoke to in ages. And I was like, and it can just set you off in the wrong way because you compare yourself to everyone else. But I look at my life and I think, Do you know what? If I just focus on that, I'm really content. And there was a time when it was like, I remember being bank holiday and I was having the best weekends, me and dog and everything else. I looked at social media for two minutes. Next minute, I was like upstairs, putting my shirt on, ready to go out because I wanted to have a little drink. I'm thinking it's so easily to be influenced by everybody yeah. else where we just need to remember just to stay in our own lanes. And I think it's Totally. So I had someone say to me the other day, like, oh, did you not make it in Hollywood? Did you not want to go to Hollywood <laughs> after Corey? <laughs> and I was like, I like cake too much to make it in, <laughs> to make it in uh, Hollywood. And it, it, you do, you can look at these people, you know, doing all these amazing things. And it's wonderful to see that's great for them, but that is not you. Put yourself first, look at 
look at the blessings that you've got on a daily basis. I'm like you, I've got a gratitude diary and it helps me so much. And I say to Alfie when he gets home from school, tell me three good things that have happened to you today because Mm -hmm. I want to instill that in him. And if ever he says, I can't do that, I can't do this, I'm like, you can. Mm. Like at the moment, because he's so small, he keeps saying, mummy, I don't like being the smallest in the class. And I'm like, well, daddy had that problem. (laughs) (laughs) But he's nifty and he's nimble as anything and he's agile and your dad beat a six foot two guy in a boxing match because he, you know, he he had less weight to carry. I was like, I'm selling it, I'm selling it. (laughs) And you've just got to spin everything into a positive. Otherwise, it's too easy for your head to fall off. Yeah, and I think for me, one thing that I'm, I'm trying to do at the moment is sort of write down how I want, want to be in my day. So I write down three things. So I write down, I am calm, I am positive, I am kind. And usually that goes straight out the window when Megan comes in because I shout <laughs> her within the first two minutes. Um, but I feel like that's a really good technique to try and keep yourself accountable to your behavior throughout the day. Have you got any sort of tip, top tips on how to stay positive on like a day-to-day basis? Meditation yeah, has been an absolute godsend for me. And I started it when I was pregnant with Alfie, I did hypnobirthing. I don't know if anybody else has done that, but in essence, it's meditating um, and using breath work. And I was only doing it for 10 minutes a day and it made a huge difference to my life. So I really try and keep on top of that. And, you know, life is manic at the moment, but even if it's two minutes, just taking deep breaths when I'm doing my makeup in the morning or, you know, whenever I get a moment, it just helps me to reset um, I just did it then, just like so I just forgot. You're doing that. it there, babe. No, I'm you're falling asleep. I forgot that I wasn't breathing properly. So I was just like, yeah. Like, wow, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, you know what? For meditation, people used to tell me for ages to do meditation. I was like, come on, mate. Like, and even just sat upright, was like, I can't even do that for long. Like, so what I do now is I do do. I meditate every morning. And I found this girl called Boho Beautiful. It's about finding the right voice. Right, you find this voice that just triggers you. And I'm listening. I'm not going to some mad trance or anything like that. But it's just that yeah. moment in a day where you really just take a minute for yourself. And I think that's really important as well. Totally, mm. yeah. So guys, we're going to come to you guys now. First question from the audience. Gareth mentions how he's been feeling down and unmotivated recently with his job. And he says it's not usually like him. What can we do on a weekly, monthly basis that's going to help him out of this rut that he's feeling? I think for me, and I, I, you know, it might not be the same for everybody, but um, the gratitude thing really helps. If I'm feeling down especially when I'm doing my gratitude diary and like, do you know what? I'm healthy. My kids are healthy. I've got a roof over my head, etc. That really helps me. But in terms of motivation, exercise, and also looking at diet, because I think people forget there are certain foods out there that boost your serotonin. If your vitamin D levels are low, that is heavily connected to anxiety and depression. One of my dear friends, when she went to the doctor's, was given antidepressants and sometimes they can be useful but when they did her vitamin d levels practically non-existent so i said to her please before you take those tablets just try taking a vitamin d supplement as long as it's all right with your doctor obviously and she did that and luckily for her at that point in her life she then didn't need medication and i think i always look to my diet and how active I'm being. Because even if you go on a 20 minute walk, you're releasing endorphins, you're keeping your body moving. So whenever I feel down, I think those are the two main things that I look to. It's it's what am I eating? Because if you're eating a lot of sugar and, and overloading on caffeine, you're like this all day. And, and I think for women as well, um, hormones play a huge, huge part in it. I mean... <laughs> 
they're naughty little things, aren't they? Um, I mean, if I say the word oestrogen one more time to Tom, he's going to lynch me. Um, but, you know, there's natural ways of managing that as well. And again, medicine can be a wonderful thing and sometimes we have to use that. But I always look to my diet to try and balance out hormones as well because you can get really down, right? Um, so, yeah, I hope I hope that's helpful. Yeah, I think, I, listen, I could sit here and reel off so many things because I, I've been going through this over the last few weeks. And like I said, it's not like, I'm not depressed because I've got nothing to be depressed about. I have an amazing life and I'm doing so much, but I just felt down. I felt like I plateaued. And one thing that I really do a lot now um, is I, I just write down how I'm feeling, like literally, because it's, it's whirling around your head like constantly. You can't get a grip on it, how you're feeling. And sometimes I'll just write down all the little problems in my head and then I'll just by the side and write solutions. And it's crazy, like when, you, when you're writing down how pathetic some of them are and you just quickly find solutions. And it's just having that awareness as well. And you know what, having like, and this is really difficult for me to do, but I felt like this a week and, and um, Megan will know because I said to clear all my meetings out on Monday, I need to have a me day, like a, like a realignment. Um, and then I sat down and I started writing all these new goals. And was because I think uh, like for me, happiness comes from self-development progression. And then I spoke to this other guy, James, who's O'Keefe, an amazing guy. I went to this men's retreat, which is incredible. And it's all about, they say, you are enough. And I told him, I was writing down these goals. He went, Scott, do you, ever, do you ever think that that might be overwhelming you a little bit more? Mm. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Because I, I I, when I was writing them down, I was going, Jesus, I've got a lot to do here. Like, because <laughs> I was writing down big goals, whereas it's the little goals, like, you know, it is changing your routine a little bit. Like, so for example, little things like I listen to Stephen Bartlett's podcast all the time. But that day I just switched up and listened to, to the high performance one and I listened to the body coach and literally just that new sort of like um, a new angle in my life or something and going in a different route. I got lost with Juno, right? It sounds daft. Went for a walk around style, style mill and I got lost because I went off route and I was genuinely getting scared for a minute. <laughs> All right? And then, but then I was, because I was lost, I was actually just focused on being there for a minute and I found my way out and it was weird. It sounds very dramatic, but it was like a little thing where I went, oh, that's the bit that I've been missing, that little bit of feeling alive. So I think it's just about taking yourself out of the comfort zone a little bit, changing your routine, but not to the point where it's like drastic, but just little things where you go, you know what, like you, need, you know what it is as humans, I feel like you need to feel alive. Yes. And sometimes when you're in your own routine and stuff, and that's it's amazing, but I, I mean, I've every morning in the same gyms, eating the same food, everything else. So it's like, you've got to change it up a little bit. Mm. And I think that's where you start to feel alive. Yeah. Great question. And by the way, you're not alone as well. Just so you know, like Absolutely. you're not alone. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Group hug. <laughs> you're not alone. Question two is what would be the one life lesson if you could go back in time and teach everyone, whether it be from an early age or just any kind of life lesson? That's an amazing One question. for me is finances, right? Like literally, I mean, I'm li only just now got a financial advisor and I'm 33 years of age. I've always done all right, but I've I want to create gener generational wealth and I've never been taught that. I've never been taught mm. what to do with my tax and everything else. And my dad was the same and he never passed it on. And I think it's so important for us to know Like now I've got friends who started investing at 21 and they can kick back and chill now. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just that for me is a massive thing. Yeah, I mean, I say to my accountant, on a daily basis, treat me like I'm 12. I've not got ever. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> Terrible. Tom's like, rain it in, Kath. Um, I think you're right. Again, it's a life skill. Why don't we get taught those things at school? Pythagoras' theorem. Like, <laughs> you're a protractor in a 90 degree angle. Like, when do you ever use a protractor? To be fair, if you're a builder, you might do. Burn them. <laughs> <laughs> what, else, what would you teach him? I think... 
Nutrition? There's so much, but I think it would be nutrition mm. correctly. Because when I was at school, it was like, let's make a cake, let's make a bit of bread, let's do and we were never really told the nitty gritty of, you know, like I mentioned earlier, foods can boost your serotonin levels. They can help even out your um, hormones. It's it's something that we should all know and be able to use because food is medicine at the end of the day. And I think the reason I find food so fascinating is that it can add years to your life or it can take it away, quite literally. Um, and I think that should be taught in schools. But even having an understanding of calorie deficit and, yeah. and calories, like literally, that's why I said with food thought sometimes, the reason why it's so special, because some of the best ideas are the simplest ideas. Yeah. And literally understanding this, once you understand it, I can look at things go, even just roughly now go, right, that's going to take me well over. So I, I mean, it's just having mm-hmm. that understanding. It changes your life. It gives you freedom. Um, so yeah, finances and nutrition. Good Anyone question. else got a question? I thought she was going to pull me up on algebra then. <laughs> Question number three was, what's your best tip for living in the moment, being present? Oh, you're all really good with your questions today. Turn your phone off. Yes. There's a really good children's book, and I'm really sorry, I can't remember the author. That's terrible. But it's called Look Up. And the whole book is about put your phone away and look up. And I do that a lot, again, when I'm walking. And I notice new things all the time. And we've lived where we live now for six years. And sometimes, because I am a busy person and sometimes I am on my phone, I'll look up and I'll be like, I've never seen that house before. And I've been here six years. Or, And that's really, it's quite bad, isn't it? So I think mm. being that moment, to be in that moment is everything. Put your phone down. Yeah, honestly, my biggest battle in life is with my phone. I have two phones. I actually know where I've ordered a book the other day, well, the other week, called um, How to Break Up With Your Phone. And it gives you those different tips, honestly, because it's that bad. And I, I'm torn because it helps me build amazing communities like this and, and share my message and everything else. But then it takes you away from being in the moment so much. Yeah. And for me, it's just, the key to happiness for me is balance, like in everything you do. Um, and like I said, I don't want to come off social media. I still want to have that as part of my life because it's so important to me. But at the same time, is is making sure that when you do go for that dog walk and you put your phone down. I went for a dog walk recently and I literally left my phone home and I, I was just talking to everyone. I made about 12 different I dog love friends. I doing that. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Whereas usually I'm like podcasting, not listening, yeah. and walking past everyone. And it's just, do you know what? It's that connection with other people as well. I think that's what's yes. so special about what we're doing, having this community and that connection. I think we lost a lot of that during lockdown. So Yeah. There's a really good book. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. And he wrote The Four Pillar Plan. And it's, it's just dead sensible. It's, you know, turn your phone off for 20 minutes. And in a couple of days time, try turning it off for an hour. And then after that, why don't you do four hours? And it's baby steps Mm. because we do, we can get addicted to our phones and they can be a really positive thing, you know, and you can inspire a lot of people. But I think being present is... I just think as human beings, we're not meant to be as connected as we are. Like literally, like back in the day, um, you'd have to have someone drive up your drive on a horseback (laughs) to get in touch with you. And now like WhatsApp is like having your front door open like all day long. It's just incredible. I so want to turn up on your drive on horse. <laughs> <laughs> on a little donkey. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, right, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up there, but can we have a massive round of applause for Kat? Oh. Oh. 
Oh, Kath just, honestly, she just lights up any room that she goes into and she just makes me laugh because she's just such a kind, good person. You know these people in life who are just good people? That is who Kath is and I'm so grateful for her joining me today. And hopefully you have uh, you've learned some more life lessons because she has achieved a lot and she's just got that balance, the balance that we all need, right? So thank you for listening. Please continue to rate, review and follow wherever you listen to your podcast. And I will see you next week for another inspirational guest.